Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. In today's episode, we're pitting one of film history's all-time classics, the Steven Spielberg masterpiece, E.T., against the 2001 film clearly inspired by it, Super 8. Along the way, you're going to get major spoilers for both E.T. and Super 8, as well as minor or abstract spoilers for Psycho, Interstellar, Mac and Me, The Peanuts cartoons, 2001 A Space Odyssey, The Muppet Movie, Mad Max Fury Road, WALL-E, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, Independence Day, Austin Powers, Cloverfield, White Fang, Harry and the Hendersons, The Iron Giant, Goonies, the character Indiana Jones, and because we can't seem to help ourselves, Thomas the Tank Engine, again. Now I want you to imagine a movie. Are you guys ready? Imagine this. It's some any town USA, okay? You're in the suburbs and you're following a small boy, a childhood boy, okay? <laughs> now the... <laughs> There are no sinister <laughs> motives of any kind as you follow the life of this child boy. And this, this young boy is estranged from his father um, somehow, and there's wreckage in the family. But something weird's going on. There's an alien visitor, or let's just call him an extraterrestrial, okay, that comes into this small town and disrupts life for this young boy. Mm. Now, the extraterrestrial, what he wants to do is he wants to build a machine that's going to help him connect with his spaceship or let's just say like phone home uh, if we were being cute about it and once he gets connected to his spaceship there's this emotional connection that he has with the boy they both learn a tremendous amount uh, about their lives this alien is remarkable it can manipulate things with like telekinetic energy and it, and it forms psychic connections with the people that it, it's involved with and eventually everything works out the alien gets in its ship it flies up across this town that's been turned upside down by this crazy thing the government's been pursuing this alien and all the people that have been affected by it watch as this emotional swell of orchestral music plays out while the spaceship shoots across the sky and the alien finally gets to go back home I'm I'm talking about Super 8. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> uh, you get the joke I was making? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, you probably. were describing E.T. Yeah. So what we're doing tonight is talking about E.T. and Super 8. And this is an idea that is as old as You Hate Movies itself. In fact, when we first started talking about making a podcast, one of the initial things was that Garrett, upon initial viewing did not care for E.T., and this was a few years back. He didn't see it as a, a child, and then uh, and then finally watched it because I think Patrick said he shouldn't live longer without having seen E.T. Uh, he You made him a list, uh, Patrick. Yes, I did, and he stuck to it. And he watched all the movies on the list. E.T. was one of them. He was underwhelmed by E.T. Super 8 came along, and he was like, now that's a movie I can sink my teeth into. And I was kind of outraged by this, because I was like, what you're seeing is essentially a, a, <laughs> a recapitulation and a, a loving homage of E.T. And uh, I said, we should argue about that on a, on a podcast, but we haven't been able to do it tonight. And in fact, we have more than just Garrett here this evening. We have quite a freaking crowd, the biggest crowd we've ever had. On you, even more people than our Christmas episode. Yeah. And that's yes. really saying something. Th- that you did say something. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm Josh, and, and Tyler's here like he usually is. Hello, this is Tyler. <laughs> we, 
We have, I don't even recognize the smooth sound of my voice. <laughs> Patrick is next mm. to him, but he needs to yeah. be handed a Hi, microphone. We ran out of mics, so we're sharing. <laughs> <laughs> Matt that Hughes is here, sound professional. the British guy. Good evening, everyone. Lovely to be back. Yeah, you had to say something like lovely to different. And then Garrett, around whom the debate first formed. Sup? What's <laughs> <laughs> You gonna do that thing? What a great, what a great <laughs> start. <laughs> yeah, keep it current. Garrett's really building his case here. We also have our friend Peter here for the very first time. Hey. Their account sticks. I've been trying to get Peter on the podcast for a long time because he has long-winded opinions about everything, and they're usually pretty funny. Just before we started recording, he was telling us about how he thinks about sticks in order to fall asleep. Not sticks specifically. <laughs> he said he's, the only way he can fall asleep is if he thinks of something dumb. Something so obscure. Said, What's something dumb you think about? He said sticks. Like Piles sticks. of sticks. <laughs> Randomly of sticks. sorted, you know, not any kind of order. The, the key is no order. You're acting no. like the more clarification <laughs> you get. <laughs> it's fine. Chaos reigns. Think about sticks. Whatever. You guys try it and then, you know, we'll have this conversation. Be the best thing ever. Do you mean dumb as in like sticks lack intelligence or do you mean like thinking of sticks as dumb? Just sticks, strings, anything that strings? can create yeah, distortions. When you order stuff, your brain's active. That's fact. <laughs> you know, you're going to be counting to 100. You're thinking. When you're just looking at sticks in your brain, that doesn't take like functional brain you, you guys know what we're talking about i get it you'll, you'll, you'll all know. soon discover that peter doesn't have much of a filter and he makes wild <laughs> claims about god knows what facts but we you'll discover it. that that's what makes him so charming yeah so that that was all the qualification i needed to just the conversation about sticks just then next to peter we have mike who's been around more and more often and man yeah. i think the audience is just Word up. Just been loving it. Uh, and I'm loving it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I specifically asked everyone to say more than it's just like, hello, but I, maybe that wasn't the right thing to do. That was a poor choice. And then you won't believe this. Finally, there's an individual that we've talked about on like 10 of our podcasts yeah. who goes by the name of our friend Josiah. He and Josiah's a, here. He was a spoiler on a few of them. Yeah. Hey, guys. It's, uh, it's great to be here on... Uh, Spoiler Pharisee FM. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> Pharisee. <laughs> that's what I'm on, right? Yeah, that's pretty that's accurate. That's pretty accurate. But, uh, you know, it's like that gag. You know, a lot of shows have the running gag with the person that doesn't, you never actually see, like uh, Bob Sacramento. <laughs> that's what Josiah was Like becoming. a Wilson? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Josiah's our Wilson. Uh, so, we just sat down and we watched E.T., the classic... Steven Spielberg, maybe even to some folks, the classic Steven Spielberg film. Why are you making that face at me, Matt? Jaws is yeah. more iconically Spielberg than E.T. Jaws no. is more iconically Spielberg what than E.T. What do you e. see on the emblem? emblem. <laughs> <laughs> the emblem, <laughs> emblem? emblem. Yeah, what do you see? I mean, sure, like... Do you see a shark? No. All right, then. Yeah, shut that lip. Oh, all right. <laughs> Settled. Well, I'm out. <laughs> Uh, we watched E.T. And, uh, and then we watched Super 8 back to back. And we did that uh, on purpose so that we could feel the echoes of E.T. throughout Super 8. So part of this argument, I think, is going to be about which movie's better. And, uh, and I'm not going to try to argue that just because Super 8 is deliberately paying homage to E.T., it can't be 
better. Lots of movies that are a deliberate homages end up being better than the thing they're trying to emulate. Yes. So that's that's a given. But E.T. is still much better than Super 8. Tyler, no. I can't hear you without no. a microphone up here. <laughs> Tyler face. doesn't have a microphone. I'm the only Tyler person in this room with headphones. <laughs> Tyler just said, like what? For everyone who yeah, isn't I was curious in the room. Too. Oh, I see. You're asking which movies are emulating other movies and then do a better job. Well, I think like uh, we keep bringing this one up, but in Interstellar is a great example of like a movie that's emulating a lot of classic 70s sci-fi things, but it ends up achieving, I think, more than a lot of the movies that it's... I would rather watch Interstellar than 2001, for example. And Interstellar is clearly aping 2001 in a a great many ways, even though 2001 is fantastic. Does that make sense? So in that light, uh, Super 8 could be doing everything it's doing and still do a better job. We don't have to be purists in the sense that, oh, just because E.T. is the one who's the comes before, it has to be better. That's not the case, but in this case, it just is better. And anyone else who tries to say anything else is just a freaking okay. moron, and the podcast is over. Okay. <laughs> wow. Off to Nuh-uh. a good start. So, oh, his I, rebuttal, great argument, his Garrett. <laughs> Nuh-uh. I want to start with Garrett and just hear, like, because you kept saying all between the hype of having this conversation that, well, what if you revisit E.T. and you find something in it the second time that you didn't the first? So how did that second viewing hit you? Well, yeah, just to repeat, it's been four or five years ago since I saw E.T. for the first time as a, you know, mid-20s. How old are you now? 28. Okay, it's about 24. 24. <laughs> it's, it's a quick math. Yeah. Time oh, Peter, yeah. can, you, can you clarify on that math? I cannot us? confirm. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> try Hand to me a paper and pen. 24 sticks old. 28 sticks. We get a fact check. <laughs> <Minus sticks. four. laughs> oh, Peter's asleep, everyone. He's falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Did I miss Great. something? <laughs> so, yeah. Seeing it first time as a 24-ish year old didn't appreciate it but yeah it's been years and i thought uh what if i like it now it's not gonna make it for a very good because you just didn't you straight <laughs> up didn't care for it the first yeah time. i really didn't care for it at all the first time um so watching it tonight i it's I, still terrible I, isn't it <laughs> i i appreciate it more but yeah it's not doing it for me it's not doing it for you Man, screw you. <laughs> what Ooh. even happened to that movie? There's like e. one scene in that whole movie. Well, now this e. <laughs> there's only one yes, scene. There's a single scene. One scene. It's a one take. Just let him go. There's that Peter Char movie. Alien. <laughs> okay, yeah. listen. He okay. goes into the room. <laughs> Wait, Wait, just first off. Give us I appreci- All right. All right. I appreciate that you're with me. But <laughs> 100%. <laughs> <laughs> the things that Peter's about to say may not reflect <laughs> what I think. <laughs> you just got to hear me out. Peter, in your words, could you recap E.T. for us? After your right. first viewing. I want to hear more about what in the world you're talking about with your one scene. Is this the first This is the first time you've seen E.T.? This is the first time I've seen E.T. Yeah, same boat. How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> How many sticks? I'm uh, 26 and sticks. I've never watched it, so... Okay, so in your words, retell the story for us. First of all, you're just giving it a thumbs down. You didn't care for it from what I'm... Yeah, I was, I was incredibly bored. Mm. Yeah. I, I was trying to pay attention, what but it's like... Dummy. Yeah, it's very boring. 
Yeah. Nowhere near as entertaining as Super oh 8. I mean, there's gosh. just so much I to agree. say about how terrible it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess one thing that stands out just overall is that it's like one scene. <laughs> what okay. are you All right. talking okay, about? Okay, maybe it's like more. three. All right, first scene. <laughs> three is more than one. The, the alien is like, so you know, you. just running around in the forest, right? We get yeah. that, big uh-huh. trees. <laughs> the second scene, <laughs> he's in the bedroom. And then like two hours of the movie is him in the bedroom and like he's an alien and the only cool <laughs> thing that he like experiences is like sees toys and and then it, for and then it just it ends right <laughs> <laughs> they go trick-or-treating <laughs> once <The> <laughs> and then that was it <laughs> like, compare that to once. super eight compare that to super eight Think about how many different scenes and like <laughs> scenarios there are and characters and lighting and <laughs> settings. So E.T. is some people running through a forest <laughs> and then a bedroom. bedroom for two hours and then it just ends. <laughs> no, no, no. Precisely. They trick or treat once, <laughs> which is yeah. the usual amount then it's in back to the, the bedroom. American holiday <laughs> calendar. I want, that, I want to know, Peter, if they were trick or treating more than once, <laughs> would you have been more satisfied? <laughs> it's not that candy. I want them to trick or treat, all right? I want them to do other stuff. You know, go to the movies. <laughs> Show this like alien experiencing like real, I don't know. What, what Peter <laughs> would rather have watched is Mac and Me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mac and Me is pretty really elaborate. <laughs> yeah, if you can if see e. a little boy rolling down the street in a wheelchair. If E.T. E. had in. a dance number inside of McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> you'd feel a little better about it. You'd be like, now this is moving. <laughs> this Look plot's at all these really scenes moving. that are happening. Well, let's, just, let's cut to the chase then before we get into the fine nitpicking of the whole thing both movies are built around a really simple emotional premise and your your bridge character your pro the protagonist in uh one in super eight is joe the kid joe and then in uh et is elliot obviously and both kids are estranged from their dads emotionally and and there's wreckage in the family because of it. In the case of Super 8, there's the added gravity of the fact that he's actually lost his mom and that's the emotional disconnect or at least contributed to the emotional disconnect. So then both movies are about the these two kids and their emotional journey. I don't understand how a human being with like blood in their veins and like a pulse and all those things can watch E.T., and not the the beautiful thing about ET is the nuances. I think mostly it's a movie about a, a kid and his dad. The dad is not in the film; he doesn't show up. And there's all these brilliant things that Spielberg does to represent the alienation of the the boy from his father. The fact Unintended. that unintended a- alien nation. yeah alien nation. <laughs> 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 remember that show, <laughs> Alien Nation. Yeah. Anyway. No. Um, <laughs> It was the, pretty weird. The fact that all the male adults in the film like are are not shown from uh their faces aren't shown for the it's majority like, of it's the like movie. Peanuts. It, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um <laughs> And there's this I think there's this like uh I mean there's so many little heartbreaking nuances about the way that they just talk about their dad in these little blips enough for you to pick up why the family is where they're at. Um, the scene where the kids find their dad's shirt in the garage and they smell it and they both have like these looks on their faces like, uh, you know, like they realize that, oh, this is this is the heart of the thing. Uh, and E.T., the, the actual character E.T., becomes an emotional connection for this kid who's like adrift in his life at the moment. And 
when you mean to tell me that like you feel you feel nothing in that scene where E.T.'s like all sun bleached and laying in the floor and his mom pulls him away and it's like he's screaming and reaching for him and you're just sitting there going, this is one scene. <laughs> you talking about it is more sad than the movie <laughs> itself. Yeah, like agreed. you, maybe if you did some of the writing, but no, it was not. The kid wasn't convincing. It was like, yeah, it's kind of sad. The other movie, are we allowed to talk about? That's one of the best child performances in cinematic history. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I agree. Super 8. The other one, Super I almost cried. Like a couple times I almost cried. This other movie, nothing. Uh, now it's called I, E.T.? I'm not, I'm not arguing that <laughs> e, Super 8 isn't emotional as well, but it's hitting all the exact same beats as E.T. and counting on them for the exact same emotional resonance. I didn't get the, con- the father connection in et hardly at all i mean they talked about it a couple times but other than that i wasn't thinking about that elliot was thinking about his father just the shirt scene yeah just the shirt scene the I, whole I, the first conversation they have as a family is around like dad if, dad, the, the, if dad was here he would believe me sure but the and the mom gets emotional but no oh, it seems like the kids they're kind of like bummed a little bit about their dad being gone but it seems very normal they make a few wisecracks about mexico <laughs> those weren't wisecracks they were yeah, yeah elliot didn't even know that in it would affect eight, his mother yeah super eight your parents because dead. he's like seven or eight years i don't know how old do you think that kid was so, th- so now you're arguing that he wouldn't get affected by no his? i'm saying that he i think that the little kid who's playing him whether it was deliberate or how exactly nuanced he was in his thinking he was playing it the way that a seven or eight year old has a limited emotional capacity and he would do passive aggressive things like, oh, I can't, he's in Mexico to hurt his mom's feelings because he already feels like no one's on his side and his dad's gone. So he has no one in the world. But now he has someone from out of this world. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on the poster. on the poster. <laughs> That's the tagline. You had no emotional connection. To None ET whatsoever. Whatsoever. Now let okay well then let me make this critique of you you really hate movies and the, <laughs> oh, <laughs> the the thing is is that a lot of these and this is a thing we keep revisiting on the podcast a lot of these new movies that are deliberately like harkening back to older movies and saying like oh let's make a movie like ET which is absolutely what JJ Abrams does by his own admission he wanted to make an ET like movie and he had Steven Spielberg as a producer he had a guy and say make a John Williams like score and what could we blend it with? I don't know, Jaws. So it's like E.T. meets Jaws in that the alien's a little menacing yeah. before you get to know him. Awesome. At least in the last little bit. And it is awesome. But the new uh, attention span of the movie viewer has to go like this, 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 this. And it can't have subtlety. It has to be like, the mom's dead. Did you guys know the mom's no, dead? The mom's really dead. That. Do you guys understand? I think, that, I think it's more subtle than you're giving it credit for. I'm not saying that it's the most blatant thing in movie history, but I'm saying it's certainly not as subtle as E.T. In 1981 or, or certainly in the 70s and <laughs> 80s, uh, movies used to just expect audiences to have s- tolerate slower paces to pick up on nuggets and to, and to delve into things deeper and to still have emotional resonance. I remember reading this thing where <laughs> um, freaking Jason Siegel was writing the new Muppet movie. And he said that he sat down to watch the original Muppet movie and he wanted to like take everything that he loved about that and like kind of homage to that in that. And he realized like audiences won't do this anymore because even the original Muppet movie seems super slow to watch now. 
you have to have joke, 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 beat, 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 scene, 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 scene. So Peter is pandering to all these people with damaged attention spans. They, like, sort, wow. they, sorted, wow. they sorted out the kinks. They figured it out. Know. There you go. Iron it out. They're super eight. Movies got better. Way See, better. I, I don't think that that's a, con- a completely fair uh, evaluation because I think that audiences now, yes, do play into that sense that it needs to be more fast-paced and entertaining a little bit, but I also think that audiences now are more intelligent for it now, and they're able to follow a more complex storyline. And probably to the fault of a lot of movie production studios, they add too much to the story, thinking they have to, Uh, but I think that they do it because they know that they can do more in a shorter time span that audiences can enjoy and follow the complexity of no <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> i mean you may you may be right about audiences not being dumb i don't know that they're more intelligent i think that it the intelligence might not be here or there the the fact is that movies used to be slower as a general yeah. rule and they right. used to be a little more so they used to have more subtleties as a general rule, we've always had the same types right. of movies, give or take. But uh, it's not necessarily the audience's fault if what they've grown accustomed to, when you're just going to the movies regularly, as we often do, that you're like, you know, when you see something that's w- more deliberately slow, that's why audiences flip out over something like Interstellar, which is the easy example, on both sides of the spectrum. On one hand, they go, oh my God, it was incredible. I've never seen anything like it. You're like, that's just. Uh, an homage to 70s science fiction films or they go god it was boring it was so slow we were out in space it's like that's how we used to make (laughs) movies so it's the same thing audience might not be dumber or smarter they're just not necessarily accustomed to seeing that kind of stuff the way we used to be Mm -hmm. it's the same with with mad max patrick was near to people who i assume have some kind of brain damage recently who were talking about how Mad Max was bad because of all the things that we loved about it. And they were saying it was bad because of, uh, what was it, Le- less dialogue. Yeah, the critique was there was Easy. no dialogue. Easy. Wait, who in here hasn't... You haven't seen it, Josiah? All right, we'll stop talking no, about that. We're, we're in Great. here. So. Great. No. <laughs> Josiah, you can't listen okay. to this podcast, Josiah. Have you seen it, Mike? <laughs> I have not, but I'm in the circle. No, no. This, cir- this circle is much. a sacred okay. place. That's we love fine. it too much. Yeah, if, it no, were, if it were a lesser movie, right. we might. Okay. If it, well, if it was junk, which the it is The critique I just gold. said was not true. So Yeah. Yeah, so luckily I didn't tell you the good things. All the lies these people were telling are nonsense. I apologize for not being I think that they're... Yeah, it's the best movie of the year. I think that there are a lot of older films from the same era as E.T. that have a slower pace but are able to maintain excitement throughout the film. I feel like watching E.T. and Super 8 back to back almost makes E.T. feel more primitive. Oh, absolutely. That is such a horrible word to use. <laughs> What's a contemporary? It's a hurtful word, but the truth yeah, well, is. No, it's truth. not the it, truth. It is in a couple hey. ways. One, the, the, the computer... Graphics were really poor, but I can't hold that there against aren't them. There are any in ET yeah. other than like a rainbow in the sky. Yeah, well, no, when that ship is yeah, that landing at the end, the floating kids uh, are speaking spell and the umbrella when yeah. he's building his well, machine. That's just like closet. strings and green. That was screens. stuff they came back and redid in the version we saw, right? No, not the version we saw is the theatrical version. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking more specifically like the kids on the bikes up in the air is 
Yeah, that's a very green bad. screeny yeah, look. They look like they were screen. cut and pasted. But then at the end, there's there's a shot of the forest, and the forest is one particular like color balance. And then the mm-hmm. the yeah. spaceship comes oh, down, sure. and it's another particular color sure. balance. And there's like a halo around it that's more orange than the rest. And then you've got three or four little kids standing out in the woods and there's like a yellow hue around them. I understand like, all well, I that. The there's a certain charm three. about that it stuff. Was well, no, I'm not saying it's something that I, I hate. I'm just saying it, it makes you, it look You're more talking familiar. about like it is Evil Dead or something. No, it wasn't what, that bad. what I think that <laughs> E.T. has that, um, that Super 8 doesn't is a lot of like really brilliant cinematography in the way that they frame some of the shots and the way they, they lit a lot of the scenes. You're I saying E.T. That has E.T. Super, yeah. over Super 8. Uh, I think that E.T. was more creative with its cinematography than Super 8, but it and felt con- a lot more primitive. Consider this. Steven Spielberg chose not to storyboard E.T. at all. They just would get on the set and he'd be like, ah, let's shoot it this way. Let's shoot so it that way. So he was inspired more by the environment they were in. Yeah, and he wanted to like free himself up squares. to move around and he was in emotionally connected. They shot the movie in sequence. And knowing that, you you start to pick up on a lot yeah. of like, like even the, you know, the interplay between the character that the script calls Keys <laughs> because he has Keys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, there's a scene where he's talking to Elliot through the, the plastic wrap and uh, Elliot is reflecting in the the lower half of his mask as they talk, and it becomes this like symbolic divide, even between like a father figure that he's the only like male person that you get like a reveal an actual dialogue between him and Elliot, and there's still this disconnect and this lack of trust, and it's don't you think that that's like a, that was a, the scene I think. It's amazing. What do you mean by that? The one Meaning. scene. That was Peter's scene. stick in that movie. Yeah, I think that was the scene that, that captures all the elements that you're presenting right now. Uh, yeah, but I just don't I don't see the the other elements with... Uh, I just didn't get connected to E.T. myself, personally. But there's all Ever that st- or just tonight? Tonight, a little bit, maybe. But just because I knew before. what was coming. But you what, have before. Was E.T. a part of your childhood? Mildly, I'm an '80s '80s child. the The ride was more of a part of my uh. life. Right, and you, you only came in halfway through the movie this yeah. time. That's so what if I you said. didn't connect tonight, it's because you didn't watch half of it. Wait, so when did when did everyone see ET? Because I didn't see it until I'm kind of in Garrett's boat, where I didn't see it till I was like 22, maybe. Is that the Great Divide? Maybe I, I yeah. saw. I mean, I, I I can't remember the first time. It was just a part of like Return of the Jedi or something. Someone I always remember watching. I saw it when I was a kid, but it wasn't something I watched very often. It was something that I I had seen and I could think back and remember, but it wasn't something that was playing very often in my house. Yeah, we saw it, Josh, right when it came out on VHS because my dad stockpiled them because he thought he was convinced they were going to sell out everywhere and he was going <laughs> to sell them all for a great profit. Oh, yeah, he man. was bootlegging them at the paper factory where he worked. I, I remember seeing it. I think I was... <laughs> six years old when I saw it the first time and then I distinctly remember seeing it when I was about 10 years old and I watched it on TV and I cried at the end. That's how emotionally attached I am to E.T. Right. And you, you guys are dead inside. I mean, that's great, but that's what kids feel when they watch it. It's no, still kids. For I actually, but that, I mean, that it's fair to say that you have an emotional or a nostalgic connection from childhood. But yeah. as a kid, I actually wasn't terribly moved 
by E.T. emotionally. I liked it. I liked to watch it. I thought it was fun. Sure. And I, you know, I obviously didn't like it when he was down in a ditch all pink or whatever. Uh, oh, with the raccoon trying to. Yeah, I wasn't into that scene. I was like, oh, that's a bummer. But <laughs> the, the older I got watching it was when I started to perceive more of the nuances and actually feel I feel like even tonight watching I was like man this thing hits so heavy on an emotional level I think there's just like a couple of points like the choice to be reading like Peter Pan about kids that don't grow up and then there's the the lie that they tell to Gertie about like only little kids can see him and there's all this like hope of like sustained innocence that's been robbed from their family by the dad leaving and like leaving that void there and so there's just I'd fully and then et essentially is like a father figure like et is responsible for elliot's first kiss because of that telepathic connection when he's in like biology (laughs) that's one of the best parts Uh, man he's watching that they barely explain that to us that scene that 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 scene scene was edited so brilliantly that's a lot of the worst part of the movie is barely explaining the right because they're assuming that you're smart enough right track with the movie i think you you knew what it meant it's not like a good as opposed to super, <laughs> super yeah. eight, where like the fat kid is like directly saying like I'm mad at you because you like the girl that I like, and it's like but we all got that. Like you didn't. No, I did not. That's, that's, that's not what's going on with super eight. Okay, Mike <laughs> <laughs> sat up. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> the the emotional attachment with super eight is that you're you're immediately in the story of why the pain is there. Yeah. You know, and right. so sure. you're in, and I'm not on the side of uh, E. T. is high minded and. You know, um, in a particular pace that is uh, fights against it, but I'm just saying with Super Eight, you're in it right away, and you're like, the heaviness is there, oh, right? And you it doesn't on ha- that scene with the kids sitting alone. Yeah. On the no, and you're, you no, the opening it, scene even is the before that when the guys take yeah, taking yeah, exactly. the numbers yeah, down. Yeah, that right. was like oh snap, oh, well, and the yeah. sound, That's the music, it was hitting. just boom. I was sad. Okay. Wait a, minute. Wait a minute. Let me just caveat here. <laughs> I, I I agreed with everything everyone was saying about the, the opening shot of the thing is one of my favorite parts about the whole movie. I yeah, think that's right. just such a brilliant idea. The score is beautiful. You're not actually saying, though, that the score of Super 8 is somehow better than John Williams' score for E.T.? I think so. No, that is wow, the that you hate. There, there is one song in E.T. There's one song. I cannot <laughs> resolve the difference between any of the songs. And you know what? <laughs> now that I think about it, I'm like, you know, I've never seen this movie. I think I saw a trailer when I was a kid. No, I didn't see a trailer. I saw the whole movie. But it was just one scene in my head. He's just in the room. <laughs> and, you know, I did speak English I, back then. So to me, it's just Do you think scene. that had anything to do with it? <laughs> well, I watched it now and I, Pe- I could understand Peter's some English. Russian ancestry. Yeah, that maybe that has to do with this. Yeah, maybe. But you, he, he probably got upset about uh, the Soviets being the villains again in Super 8. Mm. You, and I, I, I really hate to pick on Super 8 score because I, I love it. I actually have listened to the entire thing several times just as a, a record to listen to. So I love it. But it has two melodies that carry the score throughout the entire movie. One is the dread thing. And then the other one is a... That's it. That's the entire score. That's our most modern films. Yeah, I know, but they're themes. They're wonderful. They're beautiful themes. But John Williams' score is like, by the time that movie is ending, you're like, I am I in the? I'm at the symphony right now. This thing is like (laughs) washing over me. Boom! It seemed too epic. That last scene. (laughs) That last scene. You were you were looking away, 
and I was getting bored. I looked at you, and you weren't even watching. And it was just like five minutes of them hugging. It's like, that was saying, I was saying Jurassic Park. Park. <laughs> you just saying Jurassic Park. I think you were saying I don't, I don't know. That. I can't. I'm not musically inclined. I think that uh, part of what makes the movie feel a little primitive is that that you don't experience that kind of score anymore. And what kind of separates the music from these older films from that time period is that sometimes it can feel a little shrill. Does that make sense? Where it's almost like it's it's grating at you a little bit mm-hmm. and it's really intense and it's really adding you know like a lot of emotion to the scene but it's it's almost like it's taking attention away and it's like you're noticing no. it more than I can hear that no. with the modern the in the modern context of watching a movie I can totally see that. Yeah. Cause the, the you because you need space to have a score like that, you right? Know? Why? Yeah, because so we're used to stupid to stuff like uh, the Christopher Nolan movie where a guy's playing an organ with his elbows. Wow! Wow! You're gonna disappear like that's that. gold. Yeah. But I, I also <laughs> think that that the issue with ET watching it now, especially back to back with Super Eight, is that ET does have a lot of subtleties, but it has these really long extended scenes of him finding ET of like of him walking through the dark and you're seeing his silhouette pass in front of lights. And it's like these really long scenes and you're Mm. you're like you're desperate for more story Mm. and you're getting these really long scenes and you're thinking to yourself, well, they could have definitely added some more exposition or dialogue here. That could have helped us connect more to the father, because unlike <laughs> true, Super Eight, unlike Super Eight, you're not experiencing <laughs> that pain right away with the work accidents, days oh, yeah. being reset, but, and the kid sitting in the swing, and then his father being angry with that other guy. There's a lot of mystery there. But that, you're, you're not talking about better right or worse. Away. You're talking about different. But there is well, abandonment at the beginning of ET but, because but, ET is abandoned. Well. Himself, well, so yeah, you have an emotional connection That's to what? Look, Can we talk about the science? Okay, all right. The beginning. This guy is running. First of all, okay. In the U.S., if you want to be an astronaut, you got to get your PhD. Okay, this, like, whatever they, ET. Uh, yeah, ET. His, <laughs> his, um, you know. Some sort of jerk just got on his his people group. Yeah, there's species from this other planet. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's like they they've (laughs) (laughs) they've uh, developed interstellar travel. You know, they've they've made it here. We can't even fathom like how would we we ever do that, right? They made it here. Looked like an Easter egg. It it looked terrible. It was made (laughs) of like steel that would never fly anywhere. (laughs) Anyway, this guy is also an engineer. It looked like a Fabergé egg. Why do you think it was made out of steel? The drop door, maybe. I will guarantee yeah. you that was steel. That was steel <laughs> grading. There's no it's way it from, could be some sort of another, other material. From there might be like planet. 150 other elements on their planet. It could no be way. some unknown metallic. No, no, no. no. P- Peter's limited Let's perspective <laughs> on the elements speaks for everything on the. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I think, I think that whatever there's the only one periodic. Table. But besides all that, besides whatever all that. the spaceship was made out of, I think we need to really address the serious concern here: is that why didn't these aliens do a head count before they took? Why didn't? E.T. E. was walking hurry, around on his two little feet and then trying to run back. <laughs> Later, he flies. He could have flown back <laughs> to the spaceship. That's, That's true. They're point. not very agile. To point. be clear, E.T. doesn't fly. He levitates a bike. Right. So he, can't he, could, he could essentially stand on anything and levitate he it. Could, he could have used the leaf. You're saying the requirement is that he has to be levitating? No, he like, has to be in motion. I'm Maybe not saying like that. I'm saying that the situations were entirely different. The The... 
the scene that the movie clearly paints is one of like panic and desperation yeah. because whatever they are, they, they have some kind of focus on agriculture and they're there to cultivate greenery. Right. And the inside of their ship is just full of plants and mushrooms and yeah. crap. And that little like and a moaning yeah. bark or yeah, something. They're here for drugs. Barking one. Yeah, there's some kind of they're like uh Plus the bikes had a trajectory. Maybe they're a bunch of hippie the, aliens. They need velocity. They need they're aliens. hippies. And E.T. wanders too far from the ship, which I think implies that he's either young or he's like some lower level of qualification, which they allude to yeah. later in the movie. They say like, well, maybe he's like a worker bee. Maybe he's not one of the smart ones. Right. Um, and then when he gets chased, he's screaming and panicked, which again, I think has, might have to do with some of his lack of qualification. He might not have the PhD and the aliens, they don't accidentally leave him. I think that they move away because they're calling with the, they're like <laughs> with the siren, which actually puts him in more danger. Was, yeah, when but they wasn't do that. it that, that glowing red stomach that gave him away in the bushes? Yes. Yeah, yeah. but they, that wasn't they put him in danger. They didn't do that on purpose. They no. weren't like, oh, yeah. now he's around no, people. Let's light him up. <laughs> You're telling <laughs> me get rid of that malicious. They weren't like, you know, let's get rid of this one. He doesn't some have other, a PhD. He's there's useless. some other <laughs> story happening that we're not aware of, like someone double-crossed E.T. <laughs> yeah. Everyone hated E.T. <laughs> and they abandoned him on that ship so that he, he lost build a bet. radio. Yeah. <laughs> he owed and someone he to, money. He had to call his gang members because he got neglected. You got abandoned by maybe the other. Is a su- an alien is it a subplot? Gang right. I, <laughs> now it's gangs. Man, alien I'm just gangs. We don't know. Yeah. Can we go? Let yeah, me, true. True. Let me move back to the emotional oh, resonance yeah. of the yeah. opening. We're not. The, we're not going to talk about the evolution of ET. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I wondered. Same as Peter. The the science behind it is the dominant species. We're guessing of the green planet. Like what happened there? That these things can barely run, and mm. during panic times, like light up their internal organs. Yeah. And somehow they're like the the top of the crop. But, <laughs> well, but then again, they've achieved like, you know, mind bending, like being able to manipulate matter with their mind. Yeah, they don't have an so, evolutionary need for being able to run so or, just, or have legs. Like they're, they're just bragging by lighting up their hearts. It's like Wally. Come at me. It's like our version. It's like our version of Wally. It's like if we were all fat and had these like motorized things, that's the equivalent <laughs> of what happened to their species. Yeah. They turned into these like midget dudes. <laughs> we don't know that they got there out no. of neglect over no. 700 years on a cruise ship. They're from let's, the Star Wars Let's universe. stop. We do know that they are from a galaxy far, far. No, we yes, don't. We, oh, we do know we, that they appear in the Galactic Senate. Yep. Yeah, they're in... And fan, E.T. sees Yoda on Halloween and says, home, home, home. So he recognizes but, Yoda. And he's playing with like the Guido toy and the right. Bo- Boba Elliot's Fett toy. Elliot's showing him the Star yeah, Wars right. toys. Now, now we know... We know that the directors that are friends. <laughs> <laughs> must exist in this galaxy yes. alongside. Oh, why are we doing this? <laughs> sure. If so, why, why, don't they, Palpatine. why not? Why don't they speak English? Here. <laughs> pages of notes. So, <laughs> Scribblings of a madman. <laughs> <laughs> this... <laughs> uh, keep going. I'm interested in yeah, this. Is great, this means that somehow us on Earth are aware of what's happening in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, yeah. Because how do we... A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Okay, so how do we know that there was a character named Boba Fett and... Someone well, from there was galaxy. no one called Boba Fett. So. Boba no. Fett <laughs> Boba. and Lando oh, Calrissian. Bob. Yeah. Boba? Yeah. Boba. How do we? How do we know that these people exist? So there, there must have been Star Wars movies, right? If that Maybe. kids dressing like Yoda, that means yeah. that the yeah. Star, War, Star Wars movies exist Here, here's, in our... Universe. That's right, because... 
Star Wars movies exist. Right. Yeah. Right. I think but they I exist think that so accurately that E.T. recognizes them from the world that he came from. Because Steven Spielberg that. was like, this will be funny. My friend George will think <laughs> oh, this man, is funny. More than that. Key, Keys met E.T. species when he was 10. That's why he says to Elliot, man, oh, I've been gosh. like waiting for this since I was 10. But we don't right. know actually what, that, what Keys means by that. I know, but exactly. Fan theory. If only there was some more exposition. <laughs> I don't think we need it. <laughs> yeah. I like that ambiguity. I like I I like to think that he's no. just like he said he doesn't say anything about an encounter. He said no, he came to me. I've dreamed about this moment. I think that that's like when he started to think about yeah. what if there was life. No, I ch- I choose to believe that he had a longer, safer encounter with an extraterrestrial, in which time he was told all of the Star the Wars. Of- so you think so Keys, stories. Keys wrote down the Keys history. wrote it down and George but Lucas found so it. Wordless rather than <laughs> Somehow <laughs> this is a great he, fan he managed to to discover what these characters look like. Yeah. So E.T. could recognize Yoda. Tell, in let, me a, let me ask you all this back to the beginning. No, wait. Yoda. Let's stop. One, one more minute. There's one <laughs> final step we have to make here in the Star Wars connection. Yeah, let's do that. You said have to? Yeah, have to. <laughs> we just got That to. if... E.T. is able to move things with his mind. He's able to heal people. He's a, he's a Jedi. Does that does that mean he's yeah, a Jedi? I actually read an article about that. I think it was yeah. on Cracked. It was a, a fan theory that... He's a Jedi. That E.T. E. E. is, is a, Jedi. a Jedi. Absolutely. I think that maybe he, he's capable of agility yeah. like Yoda does. With so Count Dooku <laughs> in like yeah. episode two <laughs> or whatever. Where all of a sudden he yeah. just starts flipping. Yeah. Go. I got more questions about that than anything. <laughs> <laughs> he should have used him. If <laughs> anything, I could accept that theory. <laughs> he but, tried in but, the forest running. E.T. can't possibly be like the tra- tra- a Jedi in the traditional sense. He's more uh, pacifist. A he's a priest Jedi. Jedi. Where he's healing people yeah. and he's levitating. He's, he's, he's my well, kind of Jedi. Okay, I like him. Yeah. Are Jedi generally violent? I thought that was, well, that was yeah. the necessity. They, they're yeah. militarized. They work yeah. for the Galactic they, Senate. They're well, knights. Not yeah. Jedi only, knights. only through the they're, treachery they of Emperor Palpatine. Well, yeah, but they're but they are they are a the, militaristic priesthood. Jedi or not, the implication is that he has the ability to control the Force. Yes. So at the beginning anyway, of the movie, anyway, that's why yeah. ET is great. I I like I said, also love the the way that Super Eight begins, and I agree that it's like a it's very clever storytelling. It's just different kind of storytelling. You have to admit that Super 8 is way more heavy-handed with handing you all the emotional facts. Sure. It doesn't like leave you anything to figure out or, or not develop true. on your own. But it's not, <laughs> not true. It's what not is immediate. They do they do give away all the details that you hope for to understand the situation behind them, but it's not like they're explaining everything and every step along the way. Right. They you don't leave know a lot why of things to question. Well, they don't do it all yeah, in yeah, the first 5 minutes. Uh, yeah, it mm. happens in sequence, but I'm saying they leave nothing to the imagination. It's like, here's what you need to be feeling right now. Here's the cue. Here's this, I mean, here's that. There's, not there's just, exposition yeah. at the funeral like, oh man, the mom's dead and this dad's a crappy dad and I hope this son's going to be okay because it's going to be really, really bad for him because this dad's never looked after him his whole life. And I'm like, okay, I know every emotion I should yeah. be feeling for this They deliberately make kid. put words in each character's mouth to say like, we know how, who died, what yeah. died. Oh, the dad feels this way. We haven't even seen the dad yet. He's got to step up now. Blah, blah, blah. Like, because we can't possibly string that out and make you form a connection. It'd just be easier to get it out of the way. Tell the audience what they need to know. Put words in their mouth. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, I didn't it feel not. that it's bad I'm, either. No. What about different. the drunk dad? The drunk dude? I literally I had no idea what the connection was. It was dramatic. Yeah, it you, there was this animosity, you, yeah. and you're like, what's going on? I, like, that's the second time I saw it, and I forgot. And I'm like, 
what did he do? You, like, I'm trying to make that connection. You honestly I, had no idea in that opening scene when the dad, like, drags him out of the out thing of that he was... You know it's something, but... I didn't know for sure. Oh, he's a drunk. He missed work. Mom showed up, got killed. How the well, hell? Was, how the heck was I supposed <laughs> to figure that out? <laughs> certainly not to that extent. But honestly, you, you, I think a, a lot of viewers would probably be like, "Oh, he's directly involved with the accident." Yeah, but well, sure. Place. And was, uh, it's not bad. That's not a bad. I did. Way that to... was not. I guess I'm. I missed it. Went straight over my head. <laughs> well, no, super no kidding you thought E.T. was one scene so <laughs> you, you can agree that the scene at least how it played out in the beginning where he's he's grabbing him by the shirt and throwing him in the cop car is good and you say just leave it at that skip the scene later where they're watching the reel of his mother and the no that's my favorite it. part in the that whole movie yeah, that's that. beautiful so yeah. that's the point point where you get more exposition and history into that story yeah to be clear I'm not I'm not saying Super 8 is flawed in its storytelling I'm saying that it's not necessarily as um it thinks less of the audience it's not it's not as subtle as the nest nice i also i I also think the super eight is just too much at times like that freaking train sequence it was like 20 minutes of explosion like why we didn't need to see all that (laughs) it was cool it was too like that it was it's a little overdone. It's yeah. just like, oh. It's very cool. I like We're just there was like three weird. minutes of explode. Like, I don't think that would yeah. physically that ever Bay happen. I was about to say like, the same thing. No. It was this close to gratuitous. becoming Michael Bay yeah, for that wow. one scene. It was, but it didn't. <laughs> it was, but I remember seeing that in theaters, and That's that was magnificent. It was so loud and took so... <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, I'm not saying it's not cool. I'm just saying that's not the best way to tell the story. You're just like, okay, we're not telling the dramatic story. We're not moving it forward. We're taking a step aside. To watch explosions for ten minutes with lots of lens flares. Yeah, lots. There's a long trip. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> but it kept flipping. How did it keep doing that? It's like, okay. It stopped. Wait, right, they start bouncing again. It's like, Do we need to physics. look at train wrecks on YouTube yeah. or something for you to believe that they can look like that? I don't understand. Here's what I was wondering no, about right, trains. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> here's here's my train question. <laughs> is uh, <laughs> why isn't he called Thomas the Steam Engine? Right. Oh, actually, we covered this in a previous podcast. Really? Because he has, uh, he has the round boiler on his front, and then on the right. side he has tanks. Right. So that makes him a tank engine. Interesting. That's fascinating. Write it down. Write it down. You got to write it down. He's talking about how trains work. That's not a story. Write it down. That's a continuous thing. That really helped me understand that whole train scene a lot better. He's on the island of Soto. There's a spoiler. Write it down. Josh, my issue with the beginning of ET with the the dad thing is it really doesn't seem like it, it affects the mom, but it doesn't seem like it affects the family nearly as much as super. What are you talking about that in that one scene where they're at that cool table? We all agree that the dining room table is kind of cool, right? It is cool. But why are the kids smoking? There's like a lit cigarette and the room is filled with smoke. I was wondering oh, because that. one of those hoodlum kids was it's great. Yeah, they were the, playing their role playing the game. Mom, the there. mom it's is right cool there. Mom. She's not cool stopping. Right? I think they're just trying to quickly establish that these kids are fairly unsupervised. Okay. I mean, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of weird, the mom, the crazy mom, anyway, behavior. Anyway, the mom the, is upset, but no, uh-huh. they they have that argument. So Elliot's upset about ET. He says the whole dad would believe me, and then this awkward brokenness falls over the entire conversation. Even the small kid sure. 
shrinks back from the conversation. The mom's trying to handle it well and be like, oh, well, you should call your dad. And then Elliot takes a jab at his mom, hurts her on purpose because he's hurting. Yeah. And she can't deal with it. She walks out of the room. The brother bangs on the table and is like, why can't you think of someone other than yourself for one time? It's like, oh, this family has been torn up. Yeah, absolutely. That happens in that scene, but it's not apparent all throughout the movie that that's a theme. Yeah, that was what the end of it. The, the, I'm saying the entirety of Super 8 is dealing with Yeah, they're going, death. hey, remember, by the way, somebody died. Here's what well, you should feel. <laughs> while in Super 8, the storyline of, uh, what's his name? Joe. Joe. Joe and his father are kind of parallel for a long time. And you see scenes where they get together and they work through their issues little by little. By the end of E.T., the mom's just standing over in the woods crying because he's hugging an alien and somehow and it's yeah. less about her it's that's more about she, her. She the mom is like there's any any brokenness in the family isn't quite resolved this alien came into their lives yeah. now he's gone and then what They're, yeah you don't see any any growth among them like you do in super eight i disagree <clears throat> i disagree the brokenness too. in et is not nearly as sad at all they 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 deal with it so much easier than super eight i think that mike actually starts to like instead of being off like playing dungeons and dragons or whatever he is at the beginning like mocking elliot with his friends he actually starts regressing to become more innocent like elliot like the choice to um wear the gray hoodie is like a direct correlation to elliot's hunchback costume and then he makes his mom swear the same promise that Elliot made him swear when he goes and shrinks into the little cubby surrounded by stuffed animals he's like yeah he actually becomes he he comes back to childhood because he doesn't have to push so far into adulthood and he starts to take care of his brother in the midst of all that he starts to take care of his brother more and the three kids become more united and close they spend they're spending time together in that room that peter's so upset about <laughs> in that one room with the one scene. i wish you guys had mentioned like a different scene but you know you guys just keep referring so to the same place and while they're in that room uh i know that there's certain things that date the movie yep which is to be expected uh but there's a lot of things about this et in particular that you're like man that's a really fantastic work of puppetry and animatronics and a marriage of like the way that they execute him there might be some there's only a handful of shots where you're like that's a weird dummy et that's not fully functional a lot of the the times where you're actually looking at et he's like got a lot of parts in motion his eyes look really alive his face gesticulates really nicely even his hands have like pulses in them and things like that that are like man good for these guys his eyes are incredible now, there was that scene. Wow, you hear that, guys? Yeah. Peter hey, hey. the first scene where he uses was on by those the eyes. finger light. It shows his pupils dilate, like it looked totally like real. It was crazy. Yeah, that was mm. good. Yeah, uh, I liked it. I think that. Let me put this out there. <laughs> okay. Et looks more real than that. Yes, than that alien in Super Eight. True. I, I always wonder how many concepts they they drew. <laughs> this goes go back to the Independence Day conversation. <laughs> I would love to see the Not other everything concepts. Is independence. I had a great fan theory during ET. It that, was great that Keys grows up to be the scientist that works on e- the yeah. aliens at Area Fifty One. Yeah, mm-hmm. sound. That's definitely sound. Anyway, Head I would cannon. love to see all the concept art for these different aliens because. It's, it, I feel like no matter how hard they try to separate aliens from the physical uh, similarities and attributes of humans, all they really do is distort proportions and give sure. them a different color skin. Oh, you because just... even J.J. Abrams' alien had two eyes, a nose, one mouth, and these giant bulky arms, but at the very end, tiny little hands with four, <laughs> yeah. four fingers and a thumb. It's yeah. like, well, 
Okay. Great. Well, there's a there's obviously a concern that if we're supposed to identify with this thing on any level, it has to have some level of humanoid characteristics, or we'll just we won't even know what the audience won't know what the heck they're looking at. Yeah, if you want to see the the tossed concepts, go ride that hellish ride where they've apparently oh, yeah, dumped. Oh, it is. With them. I think the only other ride that you take a trip to hell at the end. That thing is <laughs> there's nightmare a, fuel. You can actually watch the uh, the. There's a, some pretty elaborate storyboards or concept sketches they went through to find ET, and none of the the his, his predecessors look anything like the concept that they yeah. went with. But Steven Spielberg wanted something that wasn't like adorable. He wanted something that was like kind of homely and not like oh, right when you see it, it it had to be a balance of not horrifying and too weird, but also not like oh wow how how nice you know what yeah. I mean and. uh in that sense, it's quite a success. So he landed yeah. on a California raisin. <laughs> <laughs> Mixed with like a chimpanzee face. What kind of raisins are you eating? With like a, <laughs> a little neck. <laughs> but I wonder like All what came first. Like, like e. did, did Spielberg like in some news article like read about that guy, Matt Demerit, like the guy who was born with no legs and went, now I'm making a movie and this guy might be quite useful. Somebody, and then the, somebody knew somebody. Right, that knew yeah. Matt and then was like, hey, let's make this suit where this guy can walk on his hands. Do you think that <laughs> E.T. had some self-esteem issues when he finally saw some humans? He's like, these guys look so much better than me. They're tall. <laughs> yeah. Their skin is like smooth and isn't all disgusting. No <laughs> he probably thought like... No way. He thought what we think of him. He's yeah. like, what the... He's like, what's wrong with the skin's these long, all stretched tiny eye freaks? <laughs> I'm pasty. He ain't got no wrinkles at all. <laughs> Dang, why are you so smooth, weirdo? If anything, he probably thought, man, these humans, their necks aren't on springs. <laughs> <laughs> They go, uh, their neck like, is stuck like that. E.T.'s trying to heal everybody's neck. Need, <laughs> yeah. Hey, bro, let me help you. You need to telescope that boy out a little bit. I'm, I'm actually on board Josh's idea with E.T. being some sort of, not infant, but youngster. Yeah. Sure. Based off the ride. Hmm. It always goes back to And that ride is awesome. You're wrong. Oh, not at the end, my friend. There's, no, There's no way. Because he said my name. Did he? Yeah, he sure did. Well, who can argue with that? <laughs> <laughs> well then, case closed. But doesn't they have a? Is that ride canon? <laughs> I really don't know what the story. If anyone would know anything about the ride, uh, then I'm I'm not all that confident that you're asking me questions right now. Right, we would defer to you on <laughs> ride ride we trivia. We ask you these right. questions. But when you show up, what's his face? Uh, what's his his like mentor's name? Is like speaking to you. Botanicus, yeah, yeah oh, like he's e. got e. a botanicus. Plan. botanicus. We don't okay. know. You got Well, E.T. had a a novel that was published right around the time that was at the time they were toying around with making it canon called the Book of the Green Planet. I actually read it as a kid. Yeah. It was really boring, and uh, and there was a sequel. <laughs> yeah. There was a sequel in development that. for like five <laughs> seconds called uh, Botanicus. <laughs> E.T. Something like Nocturne of Nightmares oh or something like Twilight Whoa. of Monsters. Oh, that sounds very way dark. cooler. And in it, they gave E.T. a name, and it was something like Zeeb. And, <laughs> Zeeb, huh? And he had, like, bad E.T.'s come back to the planet to kill e- Elliot's family. What? And Spielberg Gosh. wrote, like, a story pitch for it, and they a bunch of people were like, I don't think, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, y'all are right. Let's not do this. Zeeb. Zeeb or Zeebody. I don't remember. Zebedee. Um, there, E.T. has this way of... Uh, 
making the element of the alien dreadful in the beginning. Uh, and then there's this wonderful moment where even after he's been lured into the house, there's because I was watching Tyler's daughter was in the room for a while and I could see I was like interested in how what she would think about E.T. And I could see that she was a little uh, uncomfortable. She's three. So uh, she sits through a movie. She's quiet. She's clearly paying close attention to it. And she didn't like uh, she didn't seem horrified, but she also seemed a little on edge when the scary E.T. parts happened in the beginning. And she would like cover her ears as if because there's the one scene where he's in the corn and he screams really loud. Yeah. And uh, and then there's this moment where after Elliot has E.T. in the room, he's lured him there with the Reese's pieces and everything. And it's still kind of like what's going on here. You haven't seen him clearly. And then the camera moves back and it's not this gratuitous reveal. He's kind of still shadowy, but you see him clear for the first time. And the score changes and starts to play this really gentle like harp type music as as they're mimicking each other's hand movements. And then Tyler's daughter relaxed and sat down and smiled. And it was like, oh, that's like the way that they disarm the audience by saying like, here he is. And then Super 8 is essentially doing the same thing, except for it's a ham-fisted, be scared of this monster until that last interaction that he has with Joe. Yeah, and sure. the, yeah. the, it's, it's build up to that. The interaction that he does have with Joe is great. That I love that line the simplicity of that line when he holds him up and says bad things happen, but you can still live. You can still live because obviously that's what he's had to learn in his life. And they're sharing that moment. And then even when it's like, I didn't hate the design of the alien or anything, but it peels back and I'm just thinking, God, that looks fake. (laughs) Yeah. It looked really, it doesn't look very convincing to me. uh, Super eight did really well to run those, those two uh, parallels throughout the, the film where it's obviously the first level conflict between the alien and humans. And then the second level between the the between Joe and his family and the dealing with that loss. And there's especially that moment where he's talking to his dad and his dad, who's the deputy, it says that the sheriff is missing, that there used to be another person responsible, but now it's just him to take care of everything. Yeah, it's that like, was a well, wonderful parallel. Yeah, that was a really wonderful moment. Yeah, where you realize it's it's a lot deeper than all of that. And I think the Super 8 does that much more throughout than et does i wouldn't disagree with that but i think that they're doing it because they're not they're assuming the audience can't track unless they do that because Mm -hmm. you said earlier that that et is maybe standing in the place of elliot's father somehow and i i have a hard time seeing that maybe in a way et validates the value of Elliot and his family. I think it's just in a way that he is he is a central figure that all three kids can correctly emotionally identify with. Not uh, necessarily. It's more as than that. It's his figure. faithfulness because the et the the line which doesn't begin as anything significant. It's when he's trying to get him to wait in the room. He says, "I'll be right here. Stay, stay. I'll be right here." Uh-huh. And then that becomes the last thing that et says to Elliot. I'll be. Right here, because right. the only that central... Nonsense, I'll be in your heart, junk. No, it wasn't it, I'll it's be not, in your no. heart. There's this... What, and his the head. way that the, they say everything that they need to say in those moments with him mm-hmm. saying like, ouch, yeah, which calm, was the stay. only thing that E.T. can articulate for yeah. pain and then like right. moves his hand across well, his mouth like he's trying to say that he's hurting. At this yeah. point, E.T. gets in a spaceship and leaves for Mexico. <laughs> with Sally the only difference Just between like E.T. and his father is that E.T. says goodbye no but I, it's that it's, it's more they're both at a different place if Elliot 
wasn't where he was supposed to be emotionally, he would have went with E.T. because E.T. Yeah. offers it to he him. He says, come. He says, come. Uh, and then Elliot says, no, stay. Which and shows, they both know that that's yeah. not something that... I, I think that E.T. parallels Elliot. He's not like a figure, like a father figure. He's more of... And I think that his inspiration mm. for Spielberg was his, like, if you read on Wiki, it's like his... Uh, did you, you read? Know, I did. Uh, like his invisible... Like his imaginary friend growing up. And so... I even, like they even say that the E T is like Elliot's name, the E in the beginning and the T at the end. Yeah. So it's supposed to, you know, kind of parallel that idea that, you know, so he's lost. He's just a narcissist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's left behind, like the aliens left behind, and he's kind of lost, and that's how the kid is feeling at that point, and that's why even when they're like sharing all those experiences, it's like they're both growing, they're both kind of. Mm. So it's more of like a parallel. Sorry. Okay. You just that's described good. a really great movie. That's Peter. great. Yeah, that is. Yeah, what true. a phenomenal said that. movie. Yeah. Whoever wrote that terrible. Wikipedia introduced. <laughs> <got> <laughs> that's, some that's beautiful. Now, if if we can acknowledge the the alien in Super Eight and really just condemn his actions it's for the a, majority. What is it? <laughs> it's like a pug on boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> this alien is killing people and we're supposed to identify yeah. with yeah. that well, no, so no, I, I, see, I don't get that with the, he with finally that. got to go home this poor he alien he clearly takes a bite tortured. off of someone and yeah. then rips yeah. off that, a severed yeah. leg is a, a terrifying monster movie yeah, yeah. yeah. Super, the alien super great has nothing to do with E.T. No. The, the real thing is like the friend group you know, yeah. that's where the yeah. relationship is happening well there's, Wait, there's, well, a, there's a slight there's a slight instance where the alien in Super 8 builds a relationship with Joe. And you think that they're trying to do the same thing they did with E.T. because they both have that, like, extrasensory connection where Mm -hmm. through contact or whatever, they're able to understand each other. But it's just not enough in Super 8 for me to really identify with this alien and care about him. I just want him to go so he'll stop killing everyone. Well, yeah. Stealing everyone's microphones. That's that's one of, I think, and I, I hate you guys for so many reasons tonight one of them is for making me say bad things about super eight because i love super eight i saw it twice in theaters i pre-ordered it i've probably watched it a half a dozen times on the blu-ray and it also makes me weep and all those things but one of i think super eight's flaws is exactly what tyler's describing because they want the alien to be jaws for the first two acts of the movie and they do it really successfully oh yeah like uh i get kind of tired of the whole like um like Alien did the less is more, it's in the shadows and you don't see it till the end thing as good as anyone can do it. And at this point, it just becomes kind of tawdry. It's almost like, I get that you don't want me to see the stupid thing, but at this point, it, it's like Austin Powers, a sign moves in front of it or someone holds up a <laughs> coconut <laughs> in, in front I, of I, it. I would agree with that, but some of the times that they did it, hit the focal point of the shot was something else. Yeah. I get the, it when it's like in the beginning it's clever. Yeah, but even even oh, yeah. when he's down there uh when he's uh looking for the girl in the engine room and all that stuff. Like he's looking at her and stuff is going on in the in the background. And so yeah. that's okay with me, but I understand what you're saying, but Austin Powers thing. <laughs> <laughs> so the and then the problem becomes he's jaws, he's jaws, he's jaws, and then you start to they start to sow these little seeds of sympathy for the alien. He's been tortured, he's been mistreated, mm-hmm. he just wants to go home. And you're like, Oh, okay, and now I'm starting to feel bad for this guy. I would be mad if I was this terrified alien. Like he's like clover, <laughs> you know they mm-hmm. said. And uh then you get the you get the scene where he gets revenge on the guy that's been torturing him. That's great. The blood flies everywhere. It's classic. Blood. Oh, it's Which guy? The Nellick on in Nellick. the bus. 
Yeah. When he smashes he, his head. The, oh. That's the first like time you get anything close to a clear to view to of yeah. the face, and it looks yeah. like, oh, God. And then, um, but at that point, it's, he's still scary. He's Jaws. He's Jaws. Yeah. And then when they get down into the engine room, as Mike called it, I like that. Uh, yeah. At that point, <laughs> he's just like a terrifying cavalier consumer of human beings. He's like yeah. carrying around he's severed body a, parts. He's eating no. them like yeah. as a snack when oh, it yeah. worked. For sure. Uh, is that what he's we were to see? Because we just saw like a leg or in, something. In his hand. Yeah. And then they clearly it. said he eating he's the eating them. Yeah. yeah. He Man, takes I a just kind of blocked that out. I feel like there's a human eater. Could have accomplished that he's this Im- intimidating, scary monster that he's Jaws for the first half of the film and then draw, drew from our sympathies had he not been eating people. I yeah. agree. I think that that is the moment where yeah. you lose right. a lot of the audience's sympathy. They could have easily... Maintained that because you get there and there's people that have been missing for the length of the film hanging upside down, and you think, why didn't you just let everyone live? Why wasn't he? Why couldn't he just be capturing them and just letting them hang there? Why is he eating them? Well, yeah. because we saw that one scene where the doctor throws him a huge piece of meat, so he's got to eat something. I, I, don't, they, I don't agree. Yeah. With, I, don't, I totally disagree about the sympathy. Though, he's part, in rural though. Ohio. I think it's just you know a realistic cows. part where like he's telling him go go and it's like he's like a pit bull or something like no that's no what way. i think it is they right? are no. met they after all they said like they even have the girl say right before that scene he's lost he's terrified and right. he's been hurt he wants to go home to remind the audience just of in what? case you forgot the 10 other times we right. said this because you guys need us to tape. feed this to you it was like uh, once before <laughs> no it was a it lot was, it, it was, was like, once before we like were listening to that audio yeah. track and the military yeah. footage. Right. But then, that no, you get that scene where apparently this guy that they won't treat who's got flies all over him, yeah. he's talking about... I mean, the guy that was in a head-on collision with the train. And yeah, old man. Yeah. Yeah, he I like that. I'm going to start calling people old man. Yeah. When he was... Old man Porter. What was his name? Wheelbarrow. Wheelbarrow. Woodward? <laughs> Woodward, <laughs> yeah. Woodmore. When he was middle-aged Woodmore? man, Will, Woodward. Woodward. I just said To it. clarify, Look, though, get your are you, you're game. saying there... It's not just... Uh, you're trying to say that they're trying to equivocate the two meaning I think that on, on an extremely lesser degree they were trying to achieve the same parallel between Joe and the alien mm-hmm. in that moment to say like not only do they work to very clearly establish that you share a connection like uh you know they share thoughts and memories and ideas and feelings in a in a touch just like right. ET like, shares like ET feelings said, they uh, yeah. felt each other's feelings yeah, yeah. They already established that, so you know that that's happening when he's holding him in that moment. And then when Joe says bad things happen, but you can still live, you can still live, that's, I think, clearly meant to be like, I understand exactly what's going on with you, and now you understand that I identify with you. And then the... The you know the the eyes and the windows yeah, of the, the soul eyes. the eyes open up as that meant to be that's supposed to be the the disarming moment where sure. he's no longer a monster mm-hmm. right he's like a he's he's someone who's like Joe and he puts him down and then he just flees the difference Which is beautiful yeah and the difference is but not he, after he was just like well, well that's I mean he, that's human nature right he could have I just mean, as easily been like <laughs> and ate but Joe that's similar and to humans we we kill and we've done a bunch of terrible things but you know even though we're moral right stop but trying to explain away the actions yeah. of your ancestry are you talking about the Native Americans who are we talking about we're talking about your Russian your specific Mike what are you I'm sorry okay Mike I'm go, Mike. Rally. A little Mike. 
Mike, take us out of that. Point. Yeah. Take us okay. out of that. Uh, <laughs> hey, I got one. Right, Them please. flowers in the graveyard right. no, were the you. same flowers that E.T. Uh, had in the pot. Back to that Mike. was a nice well, homage. After that, go, Mike. Um, we can get back to the, uh, about that. the floor is um, yours. The feel good alien. You got yeah, it, Mike. Okay, His okay. eyes. So the hit us with it, Mike. I still don't think that they're trying to do the same exact thing because what they did in ET was they loved each other. I don't say I didn't say the same exact thing. Okay. I said to a lesser lesser degree. Yeah. So that's dress not a parallel. A parallel is a equal to. No, okay. no, I'm saying parallel in their experience and their connection over their ex- shared experience. Yeah. The same way that Peter was describing ET th- being someone who is abandoned or lost and right. estranged. They made a connection. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I still in that con- in that moment they had everything in common. They loved a lifetime. No, he, <laughs> he, he didn't just eat a bunch of people. Joe didn't anyway. So I, I, I but still, he wasn't a zombie movie, and they eat people. I still do not think that it was as heavy. I mean, I get that it was heavy-handed, but I don't feel like um, I didn't feel it was distasteful or anything. I still feel like he was saying, "Get out of here." That was the emphasis of it, and the reason he could tell him that and wake him out of his "I'm going to eat a bunch of human." rage was he was saying hey i get i get what you're going through now get go home no i don't think yeah, so I I think like a pit bull get out of here <laughs> get, I'm, I'm I'm on. Get, on. get out of here what do you think Gary? what do you think Gary? Get out of here. i'm totally with you on this one with me yeah <gasps> i i don't think they're so different et is a non-threatening friend <laughs> Like mm-hmm. the sympathy, there is no sympathy in Super Eight that comes close to the way that the the Elliot and ET feel towards each other. But you, but you do think that I, they were trying I, to I evoke s- a I level see of connection. That they were trying to do that, but they did not succeed are at you, all. Like ET, are you defending ET right now? Yeah. I think that doesn't yeah. make any sense. I think ET is much closer to the Iron that Giant. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> what are you doing? Wait, the wait, Iron Giant. Wait, which giant? Which the Iron Giant? The Iron one. That's a great hey, movie. That's a great. I didn't know. If it's you a great it. movie, you and it's identical to ET, except for way more action and fun. Everybody, go out and see that. It is a great movie. The Iron Giant, but sure, it's yeah, a fun movie. Get, right? It's like the same thing. He befriends Giant. this extraterrestrial, <laughs> and also but they actually have a good time, now. and he goes and does fun things. <laughs> this you is know not, what I'm saying? Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel is the Iron Giant. Yeah, Vin, that's weird, but, you know. <laughs> but, okay, and then you should see how similar the beginning of that movie is. They don't show the top of the people. It's the same era. It's like 70s. They don't show the top of the dudes. The guy with the keys, that guy looks... I, the cartoon version... The, the top um, of the dude. What's his name? Something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something. His face. They're identical. My, <laughs> the top of the dude. My biggest problem uh, the first the time I saw E.T. Dude. and still is the keys. It's completely, <laughs> completely pointless. No, it's not. They it's make just pragmatic. So many it's, intentional it's meant close-ups to, of these keys. What, no, there was a purpose. Yeah. You, so we see the same guy as they're looking for him the whole time. Yeah, is to reveal they, the guy. They, they got to keep reminding that, us. That easily could have happened without the keys. But when, not when, when they're not shown a different see, article. It could have been well, shoes or anything else. When you see else. the guy come in at the end, you assume that he's part of the team. It doesn't have to be keys. But you need to know it's been that guy. Yeah. What else are they going to show in that region? And I yeah. just, <laughs> just a <car laughs> It's like, man, this guy needs to zip his pants up. Yeah. The bulge I really is back. Like I, hate it. I hate it. I hate the keys. <laughs> I like the fact that keys, like all the way through the movie, you think keys is the bad guy. And like he's an, even has that point right. where he's lit from behind up the driveway and it's kind of like a spaghetti western. And you're like, oh, dude, like the bad gunslingers like coming in and then he turns out to be the good guy. I think yeah. that's a great... Well, he's like a conflicted bad guy. You don't like him all the way. Elliot doesn't trust him. He steals E.T. back from him. 
No, I, I hate those keys, man. No, no, that was confusing too. I remember as a kid thinking that all the the government agents that roll in and set up the tent and the tubes and stuff were the bad guy, and we're led to believe that for a majority of the film. But they roll in and try and save ET's life, and when he dies, they're like preserving him, and they're all upset that no, he, that he no. I think we're let, then, we're assuming that if he, they were trying to save him, but not because they wanted to help him get home or something, they wanted right. like him for no, selfish they, scientific that reasons. That could be that could be it, but keys doesn't uh doesn't support that i mean he he is upset when he dies but he's also there at the very end when he's getting in the rocket and he's not trying to stop him yeah it seems like it's the rest of the government agencies that are trying to exploit et but keys is actually a good guy he's standing around with them i think when what's really going on is keys sees that ship and he's like that thing's made of steel (laughs) (laughs) he just wants to see it take off go on take off i saw this once when i was 10 and i didn't believe it that time i believe that these aliens are here but i can't believe who built this this ship's gonna fly man i don't understand the physics of this ship at all (laughs) you know what i thought was weird at the end when that that ramp unfolds from the ship and et goes on and then the dog just runs <laughs> and then runs. Do you think that that was like the dog up. runs up and then he runs off? Do you think the dog just did that during? I the think shoot? so. That's yeah. my prediction. And, like, well, and crap, they were like, "That's that kind of cute." Yeah. Oh, I guess yeah. we'll use it. That's what I. It's like I suspect. To go to. That's what I. It was distracting. Cool. Well, let me just go ahead and say this because it is the reality of the thing, and you guys can deal with it how you want. If we didn't have ET, there would be no Super Eight. Yes. That's true. Yeah. Super Eight That's exists true. exclusively be in. And thanks to Do you think that JJ Abrams has done anything that's strictly unique and original? Oh no. It's borrowing not yet, but I think that uh I don't think that the fact that he was I don't think it was a rip off. I think that it was an inspiration and an homage right. and I think that he did it really well. This was the first thing that he did that I liked personally. Because I kind of felt like JJ Abrams was getting a lot of credit for stuff that he wasn't direct or that he wasn't all out, are outright responsible for because all the people that love Lost were like, oh, I love JJ Lost. He's like, you know that man wasn't like responsible for what you like about that right. show, right? He was like involved with a pilot and crap. That was a good pilot. Though. Mm. And then everyone was like, oh, JJ, I'm so awesome. I love Cloverfield. You know that man didn't write or direct Cloverfield, right? Like he was a producer. He had an idea. Well, I think that anybody that watches a movie with some weird solar flares come off flashlights right as soon as jj yeah but even the fact that there's so many flares and like light burns in in super 8 is thanks to et et yeah. is filled ET is with right. lens, flares. lens flares <laughs> uh so when i saw super 8 i was like oh this is cool he actually um that was him in a writing and directing and producing role and his movie was really fantastic. And he was able to say, because he never tried to say, this is my cool idea that I came with. He was like, I wanted to make a Spielberg-esque movie inspired by like movies like E.T. In this case, absolutely by E.T. And and he did it. Like I think that that's like a, an achievement. Um, I, five episodes of Alias. I kind of think that... Charlie's Angels. <laughs> what E.T. is able to accomplish is actually a childhood nostalgia feeling i think that spielberg did it probably unintentionally i'm sure he wanted people to relate to childhood in certain ways but i don't think he expected that that the world would identify so much with the nostalgia that it kind of generates you mean like feeling like a kid watching it right and i think that what jj abrams intentionally tried to create was nostalgia with super eight and it felt a little forced 
a little un, unnatural. I had to suspend nostalgia. my reality far more for Super 8 than I did for E.T. Yeah, I don't feel like the nostalgia is genuine in Super 8 like I do with E.T. You mean like the yeah. late 70s Yeah, it being summertime and it being like a formal years say that, in Peter? this kid's life. How did you feel about the nostalgically? Did you feel like there were any yeah. connection? To I agree 100% with Tyler. <clears throat> that That's true. It's kind of weird. Like it, it feels like I do like that about it, that it's got all these scenes or even like as he walks through the room and like trips on some like Legos or something. I was like, oh, that's that's that reminds Legos, me of being. Man. Yeah. But at the same time, it did feel a little like, all right, this is, you know, remind me of like Sandlot or something where but Sandlot it feels natural. It feels like this is they're actually right. these kids. They didn't really create Sandlot. Well, I, I said, I don't know, but it doesn't feel like they created Sandlot to be a nostalgic movie. They created Sandlot just to tell this fun summertime story. Right. Yeah. And it became nostalgic because it was so natural. Right. Yeah. I actually uh, kind of feel like Super 8 is successful in some of its uh, nostalgic thing, but I do think that sometimes it feels like it, it it's a bit contrived. They don't have to blast like electric light orchestra <laughs> and sure have the did. kids all sitting on a hill singing My Sharona for you That's to yeah. remember what That's period they I think in. that maybe what went wrong a little bit is that he tried to have too many kids. When they're sitting on that hill singing My Sharona, I'm thinking there's five boys no yeah, one identified boys. with the friend group as your neighborhood friends that you got in all yeah, kinds of trouble i thought with. that yeah, he cast he cast these five kids okay, and put good, them together. Yeah. i just feel like no one's loving on those friends man i think he tried to recreate the goonies in a, in a way i felt stand by me oh really with all that stuff the goonies yeah another spielberg yeah <laughs> but you know the uh funny thing is that super eight certainly has to as its credit is that they are so few movies where that have child actors in them and are not just infuriatingly awful yes, and that's true. I, i'm really not bothered by any of the kids in this movie in fact i think they're all great yeah, yeah that barfing yeah. one's fantastic and the yeah. kid that played joe had no like background in movies that was the first job that he took he did it and then he moved back home to the that's midwest good job joe awesome. <laughs> yeah i don't think he was a good actor i think he was just good at being natural and on camera like he was he, just being himself he, this yeah. role he suited him yeah. Being yeah this character yeah he just looks sad <laughs> that was his thing your, kid, your mom just died <laughs> she Die. actually did act natural and sad. yeah yeah act like that's real so if i'm hearing you guys you're saying like oh save in a save or kill game you'd kill et to save super eight but then super eight would die because it would have no more et to sustain yeah. it. No, we're not supposed yeah. to think yeah. like that everybody yeah. knows that. but yeah. that's what we would can't. happen that's not the rules yeah i think i would have before tonight honestly i think it kind of flipped for me what, you'd what? save et yeah. You'd save yeah. ET now, Josiah? Yeah. Welcome to the correct I side think, of the... Yeah, line. before, like, I think going in, well, um, I would have said that Super 8 edges out ET, and I think that flipped for me tonight a little bit. I think mostly because of the, seeing kind of the ham-handedness at the end of Super 8 and remembering, like, oh, yeah, this is what this is like. Especially what what specifically do you think that was hammy about the ending? I think, like, what we were talking about, the especially the the interaction with the alien and having him, like... It's just too little, too late. It's like having him switch over and like, oh, you're, yeah, you're actually a nice guy. All of a sudden, the locket's gone. Movie's over. I'm like, okay. yeah, <laughs> I felt weird about that locket scene. It's yeah. like there's cars being picked up in the air. Yeah. And your locket's still in your pocket. Oh, as no, soon man. as everything and got, then he catches it mass. and he's staring at yeah. it. It's like you didn't need to let that go. As soon that as was everything a, starts need flying towards that water tower, you're going. I was okay, touched by that. The last piece. He's letting go. They built up to that. That was great. Toward emotional health without letting this locket. Go. If yeah, we're, like, if we're we, gonna talk we about needed science, the release, we okay. did. Yeah. You, you yeah. had to have that. Release. I'm actually on their side with this because I know that that makes no sense, and I know that it's like cheesy and over the top, but it worked 
Yeah. It worked. Uh, it just, and uh, are you guys sure it makes note. no sense? It's a yeah. smaller piece no, of no, band like <laughs> material. It but might it's not, not made of science. steel. It do, what I'm saying is no. that you could argue that it doesn't make sense. <laughs> not the science, the it, storytelling. It doesn't need to make sense. I even liked that they even went the extra step and had it flip open. <laughs> oh, yeah. totally. I was like, totally. yeah. You, you like <laughs> that, that you that didn't think me. that was too heavy handed. <laughs> no, I mean, like it just fit, it fit that moment. It fit that moment and it was appropriate. And this is the last, this is the actual last moment. In the, the film, movie. before they actually show you the exact same shot from ET, there were several directly done. There were several exactly <laughs> copied shots from ET in this movie, like the shrubs on either side of the screen, and then the alien moving up over a clip and looking at the, the electronic city. grid of right. the city. Like that was the exact shot. Yeah, from ET. Throwback. Throwback. Yeah. I think if J.J. Abrams were here tonight, he would be disgusted with you guys for liking Super 8 more than E.T. I really do. He probably would, but he just made it And then part of him on the inside would be like, man, I'm great. (laughs) (laughs) Take that, Steve. (laughs) Take that, Steven. (laughs) He calls him Steve. Mm. Hmm? Save or kill. Oh, kill E.T. That's Mike. Saying kill E.T. E.T. almost died. (laughs) He's been through so much. You want to go go punch an alien when he's down? (laughs) I would save ET and kill Super Eight, but and I and that's even that is not a hard decision, but it hurts me because I love Super Eight. I would, yeah, I'd do the same thing. I'd save ET and kill Super Eight because ET is a better. What do you think, Tyler? You didn't have strong feelings about either movie, really. (laughs) 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 You're gonna put us through this. I would save ET. Yeah, Mm. but why? Patrick, what's, your, what's the Patrick? Like what would you yeah, let, wait, yeah, let, what, what would do you, you think, say, Tyler? Uh, uh, I don't like Super Eight as much as you guys do. I kind of thought it was over the top and too much, so I would save ET light years, light years, like what ET traveled to get here. Oh, shit. you just That's didn't like that train spaceship. scene. That train scene just went over the top, and you were done, though. I would save ET like you, like Indiana Jones would save some sort of ancient artifact. Yeah, we need to preserve it to remember it. I'd put ET up in the Smithsonian. It belongs in a museum. It it, it should stay here because (laughs) it's so old. Or in a landfill. (laughs) (laughs) It can it can last forever, but no flash photography. Otherwise, it might just disintegrate. Mm. Mm. Okay, that's a beautiful metaphor. (laughs) That was great. I mean, then majority popular vote, ET wins. Well, I haven't gone yet. Well, this, Gar- this the Gar- original Gar- the original Gar- feud three. the original feud was Garrett and Josh. So what's what's it going to so be? So clearly, it, we just heard Josiah felt like it flipped for him tonight, and he's an ET man now. Mike is clearly advocating for Super Eight, and so is Peter in no uncertain terms. I like what Tyler was saying though, except for I'm a little self-centered, and you know, <laughs> I was just like, oh man, maybe for you guys, like if I really. Like, if it really came down to it and somehow those movies did genuinely get destroyed, <laughs> I'd feel bad. Like, it seems like you guys are pretty attached. Like, Super 8's great, but I didn't, you know, it's not what's, like what's important to me is that I'm Indiana Jones in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> that's the oh, takeaway. Right, that's take Tyler's away. main piece. What, what, what do you think, Gary? Watching it again, I do like it more and I definitely appreciate it more. And I get that you can't have films like Super 8 and then other things inspired by E.T. You can't have that without E.T. But... <laughs> no Mac and me. I want to watch <laughs> Super 8 again and I don't care about watching E.T. 
that many times in my life. But you'd probably watch it another. Oh, I, I would watch it again. I appreciate it more. But uh, okay, love it. You can't have any movie without any other movie. Well, sure. You know? <laughs> there we go. It's End like it. <laughs> you know. Okay, <laughs> done. I made it done. It's if like we, that whole idea, you know, on the shoulders of giants or whatever. It's like everything <laughs> we do is just yeah. based on stuff no, that we've let's seen cut before. All this out and just yeah. have that. If that we uh, quote, I think we, I think we already ended it with that. Thanks for listening to You Hate Movies. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes or the RSS feed at youhatemovies.com. Feel free to bother us on Twitter, at youhatemovies.